This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about mental health. Let's do it. I'm excited. Uh, if you guys didn't know, Clayton is in his final year of getting his social work degree, so he's very acquainted with the mental health scene. And so I'm excited to just like chill and learn and drink some coffee and yeah. Well, well, not only am I very not a, am I only am I um, in my final year of my social work degree. I'm actually first aid, mental health first aid certified. Yeah, um, that's a recent thing, but yeah. like, um, and it's so funny because I finished my certification today. Yeah, and Cullen was like, "Hey, um." Do you want to do a thing on mental yeah. health on Let's Talk? <laughs> I was like, hey, dude, I'm feeling a little burnout, like coming up with all this content. Because so I had a preaching professor tell me or not a professor, but like a preaching coach tell me a long time ago. He was like, look, it's a grind for us to just create content after content after content. Yeah. He was like, look, teachers do it every year, too. But the difference is they build one thing one year. And then they teach the same thing year after year unless something changes. Right. So it's not like a weekly grind of new content every single week. Like the the only thing that changes for teachers is if the whether, state testing changes. If the state testing changes, or if they change textbooks. Right? right. Like right. So like they're pretty much set. But for us, we create content every single week, like yeah. unique, brand new content, and it's a grind. And for Wellhouse. You have been done. You have been doing all of it. I five pieces of unique content per week. Yeah, largely all by myself. And we are. This is episode thirty six. Yeah. So almost three quarters of a year. Yeah, and, and like hadn't missed a like, beat. Well, we missed two episodes of PMP. Yeah, Pines of Perspectives, but like. I just came to Clayton and was like, dude, I kind of need a break. Like, bro, <laughs> need a little break. Can and you do this for me? It, originally, the whole idea was that we would share the content creation. And that just hasn't happened. It just, it didn't happen. I just kept having um, all this inspiration and like just knowing exactly, and it was coming easy to me. And, and, and now you're in a place in your life where you actually need a break, right? You need and, to practice some self-care, which we're yeah, going to talk yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, I need some self-care time and... So it just worked out perfect. It was already on our content plan to talk about mental health. We put it on our content content plan before we even started recording. Yeah, right? like, like a long time ago. And it was on there, and I was like, you know, Clayton's in his last year. Like, this is, this is a conversation he can guide. This is a train that he can drive. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And then I asked him today, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm mental health certified as of today. <laughs> like, yeah, mental, <laughs> mental health first aid certified. So I do kind of want to give a disclaimer yeah. or another disclaimer. Um, this is not the equivalent of mental health first aid certification, right? I, I don't want anybody to walk away from this thinking that they can now diagnose their friends. Yeah. And yeah like yeah. No. intervene in crisis situations. Not how this very, works. It's a very different thing. Right. Yeah. Just as a disclaimer, I have taken a number of courses in mental health. Yeah. And pastoral care and counseling and all kinds of stuff. And I've got two degrees working on a third, like in a very adjacent vein to counseling. I do very little counseling. Yeah. 
I intentionally try to refer that out because like it is so delicate. You really need experts. What's so funny is actually thus far, um, the people that attend our wells that have needed pastoral care, um, I've been handling that. Like, well, yeah, that's like eventually going to be your job. Eventually going to be my, my job and and my title and all that stuff. Um, but so let's jump into this, um, real quick. I do want to kind of give an idea of, of what mental health is, right? Because the the words mental health are very buzzy. Yeah, they're buzzwords. Yeah, like when you put the word mental and the word health, yeah, they're two different things. But you put them together, they become this big buzzword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, and they're overused and misused. Um, yes. And so... The definition that I like to point to when we when we're talking about mental health is the World Health Organization. Their okay. definition, um, and that's what WHO. Yeah, they, I stand by this. Right, it's just golden. Okay, and what it says is mental health is a state of well being in which an individual realizes his or own her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Mm. So it's a very good transition, and and it's just so funny that this we didn't plan this, but it is a very good transition from our last episode on our, our last series on community. Yeah, because what is a community? What do it's we a, come to? It's a group of people who love every person in the community are there for them, no matter what the situation of life is. Yeah, um, it, it's such a good transition because. We, we talked about briefly, just kind of summing up what you said, a community should feel like a home. Yes. How can you feel at home if you can't talk about mental health challenges? Right. Um, if you can't be vulnerable, yep. right? This is one way for you to now learn to be vulnerable in your community, yeah. to give you some language to talk about your challenges, right? Yeah. Um, and so... That is something that I also want to address. The difference between mental health challenges and mental health disorders. Mm. We're going to talk a lot about mental health disorders, but um, and we're going to give some disclaimers that these things are clinically diagnosed, right? But you can see somebody experiencing these same things just on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. and that is a mental health challenge. Okay. Um, and a mental health challenge is essentially like, so a very good example, and in all of these podcasts, we try to be as vulnerable and as honest as possible. I am currently going through a mental health challenge. Okay. Uh, I feel I have a hard time, like, getting energy to do things. Um, I feel sometimes a little bit run down. I'm not clinically depressed. It's just I'm having a mental health challenge, right? Yeah, There's yeah. a lot going on in life, and you know, coming off the pandemic and, and all these sorts of things, trying to adjust to living on my own. Yeah. I'm having a mental health challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I know you're going through a mental health challenge of your own, mm-hmm. right? Does not mean that you were clinically depressed. Right, correct. Um, so, mental health challenges can look like anything, right? They can look like um, panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had a panic attack? Once. It's rough. Yeah. What did it feel like? 
I, for you? Because it looks different for everybody. Yeah. So for me, like I like I I felt like I couldn't breathe. Okay, that's fairly common. And like I had to sit down, and I felt a little disoriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And almost lightheaded. Yeah. Yep. So and it lasted for good while. I would say over a minute, probably. Yeah. Panic attacks are one example of kind of a short-term in-the-moment um, mental health challenge. Yeah, right? and and mine only happened within, like, the last six months. And it's actually... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, like, I'd never had one up until, like, the last few months. Wow. Did not... I, I had not heard this yet. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so, a mental health... So, a panic attack is probably more better defined as, like, a mental health crisis. Okay. Because that is something that could actually end up affecting your physical health. Mm, yeah. Right? And so that needs actual intervention um, if you can't manage it on your own. Yeah. Um, and so for me, whenever I've had a panic attack, I start to see spots. I feel very nauseous, like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Um, my body temperature shoots up, right? Like panic attacks are a real thing. And... and that is probably more of a mental health crisis. And, and also, another mental health crisis is someone who's struggling with, like, paranoia, right? Um, more more um, of a psychosis-type situation. Yeah. Hallucinations, uh, uh, delusions, right? Yeah. Hallucinations and delusions, two very different things. Yeah. Delusions are um, a, a false reality, Right, like if I climb up to the top of the house yeah, and yeah. I said, if I jump off, I'm fly. Right, that's a clearly that, a delusion. That's yeah. a false reality. Yep. If um, I start hearing things, seeing things, tasting things, smelling things, feeling things that aren't there, mm -hmm. that nobody else sees, feels, hears, smells, whatever, right? that's a hallucination. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I feel like people don't understand is that they call hallucinations and delusions the same thing. Yeah. Very different things. And we're going to do an episode on psychosis and we're going to delve into this more. But um, th these are all just things that like, I kind of want you guys to be prepared for. We're, we are going to talk about these things. Yeah. And so if you've ever experienced these sorts of things, um, I want you to, to, to realize we're going to dive into it on a pretty deep scale. Um, yeah. And so this is a little bit of a trigger warning. Yeah. Um, so what, what we're going to try to do is as, as we go through these, this is a faith and culture, like the intersection of faith and culture podcast. So yeah. what I'm going to try to do as, as we dive into these each week, these different areas of mental health, I'm going to try to either find a biblical, um, character that is a like a case study mm -hmm. um that can be looked at or and or try to provide some kind of spiritual emphasis on the other side of it what does this mean if you're experiencing this from a spiritual standpoint yeah those kinds of things um and, and these, these things can also be mitigated um through the prayer practices that we're talking about right now they can't yeah um, so on, on yeah good good choice word mitigated yeah yeah they don't go away no no, but they can they can be minimized. Yeah, they um, can be lessened. Um, 
And so all these things that, that we've been talking about, um, they can also compound. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, the, the intersectionality uh, of mental health challenges is redonkulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about if, if, if you're experiencing some sort of severe anxiety about something mm-hmm. while you are also severely depressed. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Those things feed each other. They really do. And they make it significantly worse. It, what, what ends up happening, happening is you have this, this cyclical response. Yep, yep exactly. Um, and also what we find, and, and, oh, I just had an idea. We need to talk about loneliness in, in this series too. Yeah. Um, and well, it's a huge driver of depression, especially coming out of a pandemic. It is a huge driver of depression and of substance abuse. Uh, that does not shock me. Um, I didn't know that, but that doesn't shock me at all. So this is a theory by Clayton Ware. Okay. I have no data to support this. And <laughs> it's, nope. so, it's so funny hearing you say that. What? <laughs> it's a theory by Clayton Ware. Our dad says that. No, <laughs> Yeah, he does. This, this is a theory by me. Um, I have no data to support this. Honestly, there is no data to support this. I did an extensive research on this here recently. There is no data out there to support this. Loneliness influences depressive symptoms. And that influences substance abuse. But here's my theory. Severe so there's there's data to prove that this part. this relationship okay, got it there's no data to prove this next or this relationship yeah right but there's no data to prove this to connect the cycle okay my theory is is it severe substance abuse not treated properly not handled leads properly to loneliness leads to social isolation yeah which then leads back into loneliness hmm. so there's this cycle of feeling lonely being depressed abusing substances, isolating yourself socially, leading back into loneliness. Interesting. That would that would fit in line with cyclical addictions, like mm-hmm. the, the cycle of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I have no data to support this. Yeah. It's a theory, uh, or it's a hypothesis, rather. Yeah. Um, one day I will do research on this, and I will publish it. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so loneliness is, is a big factor here in in depression and even anxiety, right? Like why do I feel like I I can get so anxious? Like why doesn't anybody want to be around me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're truly lonely, why doesn't anyone want to be around me? What, what, what is wrong with me? There's gotta be something wrong with me, right? right? It just leads to this level of anxiety and depression that, that's super intense but so now I, I do want to ask you out of all of these things that we've talked about why don't people seek help stigmas stigmas because if they go see a psychologist um, a therapist um uh, a psychiatrist, a counselor. You're crazy. You're crazy. That's the whole crazy. deal. Yeah. If you go to the doctor and like you got some crap going on, nobody goes, oh my God, you're sickly. Mm-hmm. But like if you go, if you like are seeing a therapist, it's like, 
Oh, you crazy? I'm so glad you went there. I'm so glad you went there. Yeah. Because we need to treat our mental state the way we treat our physical state. And Look, your mind is a part of your body. Exactly. From from like a theological anthropology side, like well, even from like a, a, a like neuropsychological side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brain, the way it functions, is a part of your body. Right. Your emotions are influenced by your brain chemistry. Yeah. Therefore, you how you feel is negative physical afflictions. Yeah. Right. And we also see that your mental state can also affect your physical state. Yeah, for right? sure. Remember, I just said, like with panic attacks, you feel lightheaded, you feel dizzy, um, you feel nauseous. Sometimes, like, it can lead to GI issues if yeah. this happens over a long period of time. Oh, yeah, trust me, dude. Um, well aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well aware. Um, I'm going to explain a little bit more on this to give, like, some more, like, physical evidence there is somebody that I'm very close to, um, that person being me, <laughs> who... But that's like when Paul says, I once knew a man who went to the third heavens. Like, bro, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah. I once knew a guy. Yeah. <laughs> asking for I'm a friend. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, like, asking for a friend. No. Um, there was a time in my life that I was going through something really, really tough. Mm. Um, you remember this, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, I was going through something, going through something really, really tough, and I was young. I was yeah. little, um, and uh, this is super, like, very, very vulnerable. And for some people with weak stomachs, you might want to plug your ears for the next thirty seconds. Um, I was going through something that was really, really tough and a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety on my part. I actually had my first panic attack during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not uncommon for me to find blood in my stools. Yeah. That's a, a, a very real example of how our mental state can affect our physical health. Yeah. Not only, can it affect your physical health and your actual, how your body functions? Mm-hmm. It can also, also keep you from doing the things that you need to do or want to do or want to do, but specifically the things that you need to do, like eat, eat yeah. exercise, right? Drink water. Yeah. Um, get out of bed. Yeah. Right. Like take vitamins. It, it keeps you from doing all of these things. Yeah. If it's not like handled properly. Right. And so that leads us into the last portion of this. We've talked about this some on this podcast and others, but self-care is super important. And we're going to do a whole episode on self-care. I want to give kind of like a a sort of a a brief workshop on how to build a self-care plan Mm. Um, because it's something that we all need. Yeah. You know, it's especially important for people like us, right? In, in fields where we're pouring out so much constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone needs a self-care plan, right? It, it's hard. And I heard somebody say this today and, and I, I loved it. Um, 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 you can't pour out of an empty cup. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. If, if you're trying and 
as a member of your community and I'm looking at the camera for the YouTube people and for you guys on the podcast, you can't see me for you guys as a part of a community should yep. be a part of a community. You should be pouring into other people. Therefore you can't pour out of an empty cup. So self care, very important in this same vein of self care, something that I have found in my own self care and it's something that we don't do enough of in America is celebration. Mm. We celebration ce- of the good times. Well, we celebrate holidays. Yeah. Or we celebrate if something magnificent happens. But we don't celebrate little victories. Yeah. We don't celebrate mm. when you get that $1 an hour raise. We, we look at it, it's like, man, it's only a dollar. It's like, well, let's just think about this. You work 40 hours a week. You work 52 hours a year or 52 weeks a year. In America, at least. That's 2,080 hours. Yeah. You just made an additional $2,100. Yeah. That's worth celebrating. Yeah. Like, but we just like, oh, it's only a dollar. Whatever. You know, like it... Like, we don't celebrate enough in America. No, we don't. Um, we don't celebrate anything enough, um, which is actually kind of why we designed Wellhouse the way we did. We um, did. Ooh. It's a very true. Celebration, like, was a very big part of our conversations early in Wellhouse. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and we think that it's it's really important to celebrate these these little victories, these little things, um, even the little things that God is doing, mm-hmm. right, in your life and your yep. community, or in, in the, the the space that you live, right? Yep. Like all the all those sorts of things. Yep. Um. So that is a part of self care, but another part of self care is remembering that, and remembering and doing the little activities that constantly remind you of this. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are loved. Self care is. Is doing the little things that you need to do to remember that you are worthy of that $1 raise and that $1 raise is to be celebrated. Self-care is meant for you to take all of these mental health challenges not as a a fix-it, but as a preventative. Self-care is not meant to be a band-aid mental health first aid is to be or or, or self-care rather is is to be protective armor against these things 